0: The Lord the Lord is good all the time, Brethren, yeah. let us pray. Father, once again we want to thank you, we want to give you all adoration, we want to give you all glory. Thank you, Lord, because your spirit is one. We are praying concerning mercy, and today's message is about mercy. Father, we give you all praises and adoration. Thank you, everlasting Father, as we go into this message, we want you to have mercy upon us. We want you to have glory, us mercy upon us. We want to see you with your mercy in this service today. Father, all what we are going to say today, let it come with your mercy from your throne. And at the end of the day, we want to testify to your great mercy in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, come and speak to us yourself in Jesus' name. And let your name be glorified. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Uh brethren, um can you project Lamentation three from verse twenty-two to twenty-three? Wir wollen das ist der Fall. When brother was giving the coordination, he talks about mercy. Yesterday also, during the service, we talk about mercy. I want to let you know that the first business of God is mercy. Because every morning, every morning, he renew his mercy over us. God is faithful, even though sometimes or many times we disappoint him, but he renew his mercy freshly every time. That is a grace that we have received from him. But first, let me just divert a little bit to the, uh, the promise for the week. The promise of the week says, the Lord is good. Why is he saying the Lord is good? If you look at uh, Psalm 136. He said, "Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and why? For His en- mercies endureth forever." God is good because His mercies endureth forever, and it goes further. A stronghold in the day of trouble. If you read Psalm 136 downward, you will see that when the children of Israel, when they were in trouble, through the mercies of God, they were delivered. But the Lord knows those who trust him. He knows those who trust him. My question for you this morning, brethren, is when you look at God, who do you see? When you look at him, who are you seeing? Who do you see when you look at God? Your view depends on your perspective about God, your view on God. It depends on your perspective. Don't be surprised. The sinner might be seeing God as merciless. While the saints see God as refuge. Your relationship determines how you view God. Our God is a merciful God. Our God is a merciful God. When you look at king david he walked through so many deep waters in his life he faced assassination attempt he faced betrayal his personal loss and sin and sin's issue and many more but he always run back to god he prayed to god and let me just remind us about the summary for this month of may On the 7th of uh, May, we had a tale of two viruses. That's Pastor Leslie was talking about the same virus. And that followed by the storm in life by Brother Kenneth. No doubt about it, we are still facing storm. The storm is still there. It is those that don't feel it that they will not know that the storm is there. And last week, which is on the 21st, we were told about the fear of God. That from, from Brother Emmanuel. The fear of God. If you have a friend that, don't, that is not afraid of God, you need to run away from him. So today, like I said, we shall be talking about the mercy. Mercy. Mercy of God. Can you just say to yourself in your home, have mercy on me, oh God. Have mercy on me, oh God. I don't know if this statement is familiar to you, whether it sounds familiar. I'm sure you have heard this so many times, especially when you read the book of the book of Psalm. But in Luke 18, verse, uh, there's a story in 9 to 14 where to People were two men. They went to temple to pray. One is Pharisees and the other one is tax collector. The Pharisees Pharisees stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like the other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get, of, of all I get, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even. He would not even look up to heaven. But he beat his chest, and said, "God have mercy on me, a sinner." And we know, know how Jesus ran up that uh, uh, story. He said, "I tell you that this man, rather than the other, other went home justified before God." For everyone who assaults himself will be humble. And who assaults himself will be humble, but he who humble himself will be assaulted. God have mercy on me, a sinner. And this is similar to what David also prayed. This is similar to what he prayed. Back in his day, may God have mercy on upon us in the mighty name of Jesus. I want you to know that mercy of God is a gift to a repentant heart. So why am I bringing this up today? The human being themselves, the human race, have continued to disobey God. They have continued to disobey God's rules. Some of this knowingly, some unknowingly. But brethren, what we need is God's mercy. For you to understand how merciful almighty God is. According to Luke 178, it says, uh, Luke, yeah, Luke 178. His first order of business every day is always mercy. That is uh, what the first business of God. Let me now read the Luke, 8, uh, Luke 1, verse 78. Because of his tender mercy, because of the tender mercy of, of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven. The sun that rises every day is as a result of the mercy of God. So that means when you wake up, the first business of God is to ensure that the sun rises through his mercy. I'm alive today, you are alive today because of God's mercy. If you look at the world today, you can say the world is sick. All the nation of the world, they are sick. I don't need to remind you this, that I'm saying that the nation of the world are sick. It's not an exaggeration at all. It is not an overstatement. The entire world are sick and require God's mercy. This is not an understatement. If you see, we are facing invisible enemy right now. Because when you face something you can see, you'll be able to avoid it. But this time, the entire world is facing invisible enemy. And it is only through the mercy of God that we can be free. Through that mercy, that we can be free. It is only through this mercy. That God can deliver us. So we have to continue for God's intervention. We need to talk to God that God send your word. Psalm 107 verse 2. He send his word and it healed. It is that word that God sent that heal. Those are the things we are asking God for today. That send your word. Most especially to India right now. We want him to send his world there and send that nation and heal that nation and the entire world and all other, all other nations in the world. We, we are asking for the mercy of God. The world requires God's mercy. Like I said, we are talking about the invisible enemy and that, that requires God's mercy. We need to plead for the mercy of God. No doubt about it, like I said, every nation of the world, they are sick. So when we talk about this sickness, what are we talking about? If I ask you, what type of sickness are we talking about here? I know the answer in your mind. You will simply answer COVID-19. Brethren, I see beyond that. If you go back to Pastor Leslie's message, you will know that it goes beyond that. Covid nineteen might be one of the symptoms, one of the thing that the same, the same, uh, the same virus has caused. So the sickness that common to the entire world is sin virus. Proverbs 14, from verse thirty four to thirty five, it says, "Righteous assault a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people." The king favors is toward a wise servant, but his wrath is against him who causes shame. So the reproach to all nations of the world is sin. The wrath of God might be the coronavirus that we are facing now. Because the action of man brings shame to God. Even in Genesis 6, 5 7 The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in earth, and the Lord regretted that he has made man on the earth. It grieved him to his heart, to the extent that the Lord said he will blot out man whom he has created on the faces of the of the of the of the, of the land. Brethren, don't you think that if we are not asking for the mercy of God now. There's every possibility that this invisible enemy can wipe out everybody on this planet. But only the blood of Jesus Christ can set us free. As Christians, we need to walk in light of Jesus Christ because only his blood can set us free. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ's son cleans us from all sins. We need that kill, the blood of Jesus. We need to walk in the light. And when you walk in the light, definitely you are going to obey the rules and commandment of God. So like I said, the nations are sick. They are down every nation. But come to think about it, many nations are sick morally today. Many nations are sick of lies. The crime rates are on the rise. People are leaving God out of their ways. The entire world needs to recognize that the sin, recognize their sin, and they have to seek for this for the face of God. So, like we can see now, people are suffering. Physically and emotionally. They are passing through traumas. Life has been uh, been lost. When you check your message every morning, you hear one news or the other, one relative, one somebody you know, or somebody, 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 that they have just passed away. When the, 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 the sinners have been punished. Sometimes the righteous also partake in that. So businesses have been lost. Jobs have been lost. We have to do what the scripture says in 2 Chronicles 7.14. We have to do what the scripture says there. Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name we humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal the land. This should be our prayer. We want God to heal our land. We want God to set our land free. We want God to keep us and protect us from this invisible enemy. So But we have to recognize all the sins that we are committed. We need to humble ourselves before God. And this is what uh, uh, David did in Psalm 51. So today, I'll be taking the clue majorly from this Psalm 51. How David has asked for the mercy of God. The kind of prayer that David has prayed to God. So, we shall be going into that. Turn with me to Psalm 51. I'll be reading from verse 1 to 13. I'd like to read from King James Version, Psalm 51, from verse 1 to 13. I read Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercy blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, dis- you desire truth in the inward part, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Verse seven. Purge me from hispo, and I shall be clean. Wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness, that bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sin, and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Verse 12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then, that's verse 13, last verse, where I will stop. Then I will teach transgressor your way and sinner shall be converted to you. If you don't know what is behind this Psalm, this uh, Psalm 51, why David was praying this, it has to do with one story in Second uh, Samuel, chapter 12, verse 1 to 25. The, uh, David committed a very horrible and disgraceful sin of adultery. But he pleaded for mercy. He pleaded for mercy of God. After he has committed adultery with Bathsheba, uh, Bathsheba but in this psalm, David regretted and lamented about his sin, the foolishness and his wickedness that he has committed with his neighbor's wife. I doubt if the world is thinking what might have caused this coronavirus. I'm not talking about the, the, the source, but I'm talking about why God has allowed it to happen. It might be as a result of punishment that God has, ask for our sin so brethren we need to ask for the mercy of God the grace of God is what sustained David and that is what raised him up even though he has committed the sin he did not deserve it but God still has mercy on him so when you compare the sin of David to so many sins that is going on in the world today uh, when I was going through this, I it came to my mind that uh, David actually committed two sin from uh, uh, from uh, from uh, God's. He broke just two two of the God's commandment. Two of the God's commandment, he sinned with uh, Bathsheba, that broke, Thou shalt not commit adultery. And again, thou shalt not kill, but he killed Uriah, the husband of Bathsheba. So how many commandments of the world are we breaking every day? How many? Every second. We are breaking the commandment of God. As a reminder, I can quickly remind you, thou shalt have no other God before me. But today, we have so many things that we worship. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord, your God, in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother. Civilization has brought in something else. Thou shall not murder, thou shall not commit adultery, thou shall not steal, thou shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, thou shall not convert thy neighbor's wife, thou shall not convert your neighbor's house. So these are the rules, the commandments that God has given to us. How many of these that the leaders of the world, that you and me are committing every day, but David himself, after the, he has committed that ugly thing, he just pretended as if nothing has happened. He sat in his throne in Jerusalem comfortably. He ignored the whole thing that nothing has happened. How many of us are doing that today, in the corner of our rooms, when we are alone? Even when we are not with our church member, we are not with people that know us, what type of sin are we committing? And when we get back, we pretend as if nothing happened. So how many of our leaders, how many of the politicians today that are, are sinned against God and they pretend that nothing is happening? The world is sick. The entire world is sick and stinking in sins. Luke 133, I tell you, But unless you repent, you too, we all perish. The people that have passed away, it's not that they have committed sins. No. People that have lost one, it's not that they cannot pray enough. Brethren, we need to repent and ask for the mercy of the Lord. David repented and asked for mercy. Repentance may be a bitter pill to swallow, but later it will yield the peaceful life that we're supposed to have. So the same virus is the mother of all sorrow of the that the world faces today. So we need to surrender to God. We need to surrender to God and to Christ, who is the advocate for us, we have to shout for mercy of God. I'm coming back to that Psalm 51. We need to shout for the mercy of God. Let me go back to New Testament a little bit. In Mark 10, uh, Mark 10 verse 46 to 47, I'm not going to read. We know this, the story of the blind uh, Bartimaeus who cried for mercy. When he heard that Jesus Christ was passing by, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. When you are praying against this pandemic, did you call for mercy? I'm happy this morning. Brother Emmanuel has already started the message himself with his prayer. He said we need to ask for the mercy of God. Also in Matthew 20, 29 to 31, two blind man, men, two blind men, they were sitting by the roadside and they just heard that Jesus Christ was passing. And they begin to shout again. They begin to shout. They cry out, "Oh Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on us. It's not finished. In Luke 17, 12 to 13, we know the story of 10 lepers. Again, they heard that Jesus Christ was passing by. They lifted up their voice and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Practically, all this one that I've mentioned, they seek for the mercy of the Lord. In those instances, Jesus was passing by. But today, Jesus is everywhere. It's in my home, it's in your home. Why can't we call for his mercy? He is everywhere, no place to hide. We need his mercy. The mercy of God is what can get us out of the present trouble. Yes, through the mercy of God, they have discovered our sin. But we still need his mercy. Why is it that when when uh, they discover the discover vaccine, that people now relax, and the, the 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 impact of coronavirus rise? We need God mercy. So let's go back to uh, David. David thought that the secret was already that when he committed that sin, he was thinking it is over. Nobody knew. But God sent Nathan to expose him, and immediately David recognized that he has committed these terrible sins. Instantly, he did not blame anybody but blame himself, and he began to beg for forgiveness, and pleaded for God' mercy. Now let's go into how the type of prayer that he prayed. I'm going to group it into into three categories. That's Psalm Psalm 51, 1 to 13. I'm going to group it. The first part, which I say prayer for forgiveness, concession, and confession. Prayer for forgiveness, concession, and confession. That's cover from verse 1 to 6. Then I have here prayer for moral cleanness. That is 7 to 12. And lastly, verse 13, prayer for commitment. So let's start. Prayer for forgiveness, concession, and confession. If you look at verse 1, David said, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgression. That's how David started. He started with asking for God's mercy. Have mercy upon me, O God. He pleaded for mercy. Based on what? Based on God's loving kindness and tender mercies. He appealed to God. David appealed to God. God, have mercy. I'm a sinner. Have mercy upon me. And even further saying that that his transgression should be blotted out. That is to make it obscure. All his wrongdoing. He doesn't want God to look at it at at all. He wants God to forget about it through his tender messes. Even though his conscience was worried him, he knows that he's feeling guilty deeply because of the of his lying. An adultery, a murder. He confessed, and his confession was more of a testimony about who God is than anything else. Oh God, you are merciful and compassionate. He's praising God. He's testifying to the glory of God. He made us to understand that the God is the source of forgiveness. That the, 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 the source of this forgiveness is in the loving kindness of God and in the multitude of his tender mercy. This is what our prayer should be. When we pray for people that are sick, when we want to pray against this pandemic, this is what our prayer should be. In verse 2, he said, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquities and cleanse me from my sins. See, sin causes us to be dead, to be like a filthy uh, cloth before God. The sin makes us feel dirty in the presence of God. That is why David quickly said, wash me through thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sins. When you pray to us, to the God, because of this pandemic, you need to ask for forgiveness, that God should have mercy upon us and wash us thoroughly clean. So David asked God to wash him clean, comprehensively, outside and inside. He did not deny his sin. He didn't give excuse. He agreed. But he, asked, he, he had that confidence that God is going to forgive him. He believed that because of unfailing love, because of compassion, he's going to clean him. So that is why in verse 3, willingly, he admits, he admits in verse 3. And this is the prayer of consensual. That is the prayer of consension. For I acknowledge my transgression, and my sins is always before me. Wherever you go, your sins follow you. Your conscience will keep drumming into you. You have committed this sin. Acknowledgement of sin. Is the true confession? That is what God requires from you and me. When you pray concerning pandemic, pray that God should forgive every sin that the entire world has committed. Remember in Psalm thirty-two verse five, again he said, "I acknowledge my sin to you, and my iniquity I have not hidden." And I said, "I confess my sin trans my." Transgression to the Lord, and you forgive the iniquities of my sin. That's what Psalm 32, verse 5 says. And that takes us to 41 of uh, Psalm 51. Against you only, against you, you only have I seen and done this evil in your sight, that you may find just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Against thee, thee only. David realized that, um, he realized that every believer that are seeking for forgiveness must confess. That is why he confessed his sins. Jesus reminded us that I came not to call the righteous but sinner to repentance. That's what Jesus Christ told us in Luke 5.32. So, we need to recognize our sinful uh, life and confess it to God. So, although concerning what David has done to Bathsheba and Uriah, he still asks for the forgiveness, he still cries for the mercy of the Lord, irrespective of the sin that the entire world has committed today. Let's cry unto the Lord, let's cry. For the mercy of God. He is there, he's going to forgive us. And that takes us to verse 5. See, talking about the confession. I was brought forth in, in, in iniquities. I in my sin, my mother conceived me. David tried to recognize the origin of sins. He went down to the root where the sin has. Started. he confessed that That that, that what, what he's trying to say here is that he's confessing confessing his sinful nature. According to the sinful nature, the entire world has continued to strive in sins. So David confessed his sinful nature before God. And again, that this takes us to verse 6: Behold, you desire, you desire truth in in inward part? And in the hidden part, you will make me to know wisdom. This is to say, truthfulness and faithfulness, sadness and integrity. God deserves the truth about whatever we have committed. So when he finally acknowledges sin, David wants forgiveness immediately. Realizing the inner truth and wisdom, Realizing that his inner truth and wisdom has begin to influence his action. Allow your inner thoughts, allow it to influence you. Allow it to influence you so that you can commit, you can, you, you, you can confess the sin that you have committed. And that takes us to verse 7. David asks for cleansing. That's the second part which I said Prayer for moral cleanliness. That will be covered by verse seven to seven to twelve. Now verse seven say, "Pour me with hispo, I shall be clean. Wash me, I shall be whiter than snow." If you look in the in the Old Testament, uh, I tried to find out what the hispo means. It's like a leaf that they used to deep in the blood of uh, animals and sprinkle it to people. And that time they believe that, yes, once that is done, they have been made clean. But in our own case, Jesus Christ has come to die for our sins. So God is interested in what you have been on the surface. What you have been in the surface, that is your appearance, God may not be having that, may not be interested in that. But in your inner thought, in your inner mind, that is what God is looking into. Okay, you can say, okay, I've been baptized. That is outside. You might be a baptized sinner. You might still be unsafe. That is why you need to cry for the mercy of God. You might be a member of the church. Look at the tax collector and the Pharisee. The Pharisee man believes that he's superior to him, that the tax collector is a sinner. But we all know what Jesus said about their prayers. So you may be a member of a church that is still not make you to be clean. You can still get lost. God wants truth from inside. That is why David said, "Purge me, I shall be clean. Wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. When God sets you free, when he cleans you, you'll be clean. When you, the, the word pour, he said, means purify. That's what David was trying to say. Purify my inner, inner man and burn out all the evil thoughts. That is the prayer of David. That is a prayer of cleanseness, cleansing. So we need to continue to pray this prayer. Father, cleanse me from all my sins. Why can't you pray just now in your home? Cleanse me from all my sins. Every sin that I've committed, Father, cleanse me. Those sins that you are aware of, those sins that you are not aware of, why can't you silently inform God now? Have mercy and forgive me in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray, God, we have mercy over you and forgive us all our sins in the mighty name of Jesus. In First John 1, I say, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just, and we forgive us our sins and purify us from all, all unrighteousness. So David is simply saying, I cannot do it myself. If you are thinking you can do it yourself, you can, you can clean yourself. Devil is moving up and down. He's ready to deceive you. He's ready to give you that bait that will tempt you. But when God is with you, brethren, devil will never come near you because the blood of Jesus has already sealed everything. So let's move to verse 8. Verse 8, yeah, of uh, Psalm 51. Make me joy. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bone you are broken may rejoice. Make me to hear the joy and gladness and gladness. Brethren, within me, I want to hear the joy and gladness of the worshiping again. This pandemic has taken many things away from us. I want to hear that gladness of worshiping again. What David is saying here is that the spirit is asking for the spirit of God, God seal my sin and make me. Because the moment he prayed, he believed that God has forgiven his sin. Then he asked him, Make me to hear the joy and gladness. So, why? Because that bones you are broken may rejoice, the broken heart, the broken mind. Can be renewed, can be put together. Not just this, not just to renew the soul, but to bring everything together. That's what David is saying. I will still come back to this verse eight as I move on. Is let's move to verse 9. It says, hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Now, when God makes you clean. When God cleans you, that means he has forgiven your sin. He will not even look into that direction again. He will blot blot it out. That's what uh, David is saying here. He's feeling ashamed. He didn't want God to look at it again. If the entire world can feel ashamed of their sin, and we plead for the mercy, and God forgive us, we pray this prayer of David, and ask God not to look at our sin again. This pandemic will suddenly disappear. If I understand what they have been saying about so many pandemics, it will come maybe for two years or something like that. There will be tension, whatever, and silently it will disappear. But this time around, we need to ask for the mercy of God. We don't have to wait that this has to disappear. We have to play our part. While we are obeying the, the government rules, the laid down rules of every nation regarding this, while we keep that, we obey it. At the same time, we need to ask for the mercy of God. So David does, did not want God to remember his sin. He said he should blot it out. He should not even look at it. He should hide it from his face so that that forgiveness will be complete. And believe me, brethren, when God forgive you, that is all. He will never go back again. We are the only one going back to our sins. Then David said, renew his heart for God, that God should renew his heart. After after uh, God forgive him, then that's why I said I I'll go back to verse 8. David is trying to say he can again experience the joy and gladness that he has missed. Brethren, we have been missing that joy of serving God just because of this pandemic. And this is what we can pray. And miraculously, God will take them away. We have missed so many things, brother and sisters. If I see any of you outside... The smiling face, I could not see it because we have to cover our, uh, our nose and the mouth. Only the face expression cannot allow me to see the joy in you. We have missed so many things. The smiling faces, the church service, the fellowshipping with friends and family. Not to talk about the fa- vacation. How many of us have planned the vacation for last year up to now? You cannot even step out of your your home to airport. So David is saying he wants to see that joy and gladness again. So we need to ask God to restore our joy and create that purity and holiness in us. He should pause the joy of his salvation. So while we cry for God's mercy, we need to pray. We need to continuously pray. Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Fill me with joy and the Holy Spirit. The restoration of joy. When God restored your joy, that is the result of being clean. When you are clean up, God will restore your restoration. Verse 10. He said, create in me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit within me. If you look at this uh, Psalm 51, uh, I think uh, that is 19 verses. Verse 10 is the center of this verse of the Psalm. And it's also, I view it in the way that it also expresses the heart of David concerning you uh, what is stable before God so David knew that the inner person the heart our heart our mind is the source of the trouble as we sit the the the, the seat of the trouble at times many times is from our inner heart so and and uh, When God renew this heart, when God cleans this heart and renew it, no trouble, nothing evil will come from that again. Because every evil thought, every evil thought comes from the mind. Once the thought is negatively polluted, it's coming from the mind. Once we entertain the evil thought, definitely the sin will be committed. That is why David is asking, renew my mind. If David had been where he's supposed to be, he wouldn't have have committed that sin. So brethren, what am I saying here? We have to pray to God to renew our heart so that we don't uh, have that evil thought. You know, to create a new mind in us. It's like a fountain. When the fountain is clean, believe me, the water that will flow from there, the stream, Flowing from that mountain will be very clean. But when a mountain is is contaminated, it will never produce a good stream. So we have to plead to God to renew our inner mind because God is only God that can set us free. So what David is saying here that create in me a clean heart. That is, he is saying, he wants a new personality. When you are when, when you become born again, all things are passed away. Everything is renewed. That's what David is saying there. And forgive. And when God forgives, it is a new creation. That is why David said, renew. Not just make new. No. It's not just make new, renew a right spirit within me. He didn't say. Make a new right spirit. You already have one spirit. He's saying, renew it in his life. So, if, brethren, if we ask for God to renew all our mindset, this pandemic will become thing of the past. The vaccine that discovered is through the mercy of God. So, that takes us to verse 11. He said, Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Remember, we are still talking about moral cleanliness. The moment you become new, the moment you are clean, you can withstand the presence of God. I believe none of us want to welcome any dirty person to hug, to give us hug. So, David is saying, Do not cast me away from your presence. Why? because he has asked God to renew him. He has asked him to clean him up. So to be cast away from the presence of God means that person is lost forever. David don't want this because of his sin. He said, do not cast me away. These are the prayer we need to continue to pray for the entire nation of the world. God have mercy. Don't cast your nations away. Every nation of the world. Today, we are, everybody is talking about Indians, But when you look at the percentage of what is happening there, and compared to a smaller nation, you will discover that it's even, the percentage that they have in the other nation is even more higher than what is happening in India. But we need to ask for God's mercy for every nation, so that this pandemic can be brought to an end. So, to cast away from the presence of God means the person is loved forever. Take not the Holy Spirit from me. That is also in verse 11. So, David is simply saying, the Holy Spirit that you have given unto me, don't take it away from me. Even though he has committed sin, this is where the grace comes in. We have grace, we have mercy. The mercy of God is what set us free. The grace is when we get what we don't deserve. David is thinking that, okay, I don't deserve this again, but God, don't take it away from me. He's asking for the grace of God. And that brings us to uh, verse 12. Restore unto me the joy of salvation, and uphold me with a free spirit. After David's grievous sin, he desired purity, joy of salvation, and renew of his willingness to serve God. So his first request is for the Lord to restore the joy of his salvation. And the second is to uphold him, that is to sustain him. So the world needs to seek for the mercy of God. The world needs God to uphold the entire nation of the world. We must be rescued from this pandemic. Only God can deliver us. Only God can set us free. Only God, who has helped us, who has helped the scientists or the people that are involved to find the vaccine, only him that can set us free. And finally, verse 13, a prayer of commitment. So brethren, what am I saying here? When you pray for the prayer of forgiveness, concession, and confession, pray for moral cleanliness, and also you have to pray for commitment. Let your life, let it portray to the world that you are a child of God. And David concluded, as I ran it up in this verse 13, Then I will teach transgressor your ways, and sinner will turn back to you. So this pandemic, we have to pray at the same time that God should surprise us. He make us a, a source of uh, preaching the gospel to the people. So what is David saying there? After confession, after forgiveness, confession cleaning, cleanliness, and the next thing is for him to commit to the Lord, to serve the Lord. He's making commitment that he's going to serve the Lord. So we need to point to people god can have mercy god mercy is upon every nation that trust in him we need to have that trust in god because if you should read someone 36 as i said his mercies endureth forever so we all need to be committed committed in sense that we need to pray to god father have mercy forgive us father have mercy clean us father have mercy renew our heart because when the mercy of god is there brethren believe me this pandemic will become thing of the past and i pray that god almighty will continue to be there for us in the mighty name of jesus in first peter chapter 3 verse 15 first peter 3:15 but in your heart Set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. If you are going to commit yourself to point to others, you have to be ready to give answers. Even though these periods, many Christians have been affected by the COVID. Talking to somebody, I, I, I wanted to comfort him, but before I could say anything, say, brother, God says in everything we should give thanks. He's, he lost somebody to this uh, uh, pandemic. So he used that as an opportunity to testify to the glory of God. He's doing what David has said. He has made uh, he, he, he committed to make that and he has done that. So, brethren, in closing, we, we have been talking about pray to God. God have mercy, God have mercy, Jesus have mercy. So when we pray like this, we will find the mercy that we deserve. We need that mercy from God. Why? Because mercy allows us to experience love and forgiveness and compassion and peace and joy from the Lord. That is what the mercy allows us to do. And why you ask for mercy, ask for the grace of God. The mercy, the grace. Because the mercy of God is what gets us out of trouble. Why the grace give us what we don't deserve? Whether we deserve it or not, God will give us mercy. He will give us whatever we cry unto him sincerely when we believe. So let's cry to God to have mercy upon the world. Not just crying alone, according to his loving kindness, just the way David has put it, according unto the multitude of his tender mercy. And always ask him to blot out our transgression. Whatever we see that make us to be like a filthy garment before him, Let's continue to tell God. And I will end with these two scriptures. Titus Titus 3, verse 5. I want to read this from New King James Version. Titus 3. He saved us, not because of righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth, and renew by the Holy Spirit. If you see briefly what David' prayer has been, that is summarized here. Because of his mercy, he saved us, he delivered us. David talked about renew, talk about rebirth, washing. This scripture also says he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renew by the Holy Spirit. And lastly, Hebrew 14, 16. Hebrew 14, Sixteen. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help to help in a time of need. This is what I want you to hold on to, brethren. Let us let us then, with confidence, draw near to the to the throne of God, that we may receive mercy. And find grace to help us in this time. Every nation need the grace. They need the mercy of God. While you pray in your home, for the mercy of God, don't pray just for yourself. Pray for the entire world. Pray for your nation. Pray for the nation that you reside. Don't just pray for your nation only. Because if you pray for your nation only, the nation you reside, if there is no peace, you won't be having peace. And if you pray for the nation that you reside on, one day you will go back home. You need peace in your home. Pray for the entire nation of the world. May God have his mercy. God bless you, brethren. Over to you, pastor.